<laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to our companion episode. This one is Bad to the Bone, where we are going to interview our one and only big bad wolf, Nastia, um, played by the amazing Melissa Cody. This is Cheyenne speaking, um, if you couldn't tell, uh, because I'm stuttering a lot. Um, no, Shannon couldn't make it today because she's got a job. <laughs> let's just dive right into this hey melissa how are you hey cheyenne i'm good how are you doing uh yeah you know just stressing out first things first um what brought you to how the podcast were you in the first batch or were you like when did you join um how so i was in i think you're considering it the second batch because you did like a first and a second and then not this one I had a different role and I was in that batch and we filmed some scenes. It was awesome. It was great. I was a bartender, did a bunch of stuff. It was super cool. So I was already in the world. And then we took a break trying to find some funding. Everyone's life story that's in the arts and, and COVID hits was obviously very difficult to film and do anything. And then uh, you reached out to me about the podcast stating that we had gone through a little bit of recasting and offered me Nastia and I was like fuck yeah I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on this but I just did um <laughs> I was like fuck yeah I'll do it I love playing bad guys and Nastia was really interesting to me because she's a really old wolf but she's the complete opposite of an old soul like she wants to destroy shit and she wants to make a new world and she's she's great and so I had to like prep a little bit to for the role. My voice goes down a little bit deeper because you know, like bad guys are deeper voiced. And yeah, it was it was super fun. And the whole world of Howl is so like well created by you, so well like detailed that any question about characters was answered right away. And I, I'm one of those people that I'm a writer, so I prefer playing my own stuff unless it's a character I know really well. And that's why I had no issue playing Nastia because it, it was so easily described by you and so well detailed. If I had any issue, you or Shannon would just be like, yep, this is how it is, et cetera. So that's what it was, it was, it was really great. That's why I wanted to go for it again. You mentioned you played another character. You were still a wolf, weren't you? Yes. If you had the choice of playing any other character, in this world, which character would you be and why? I would probably, I really like being a wolf. So it, it's, it's between Cordy and Houston. Houston is, is a really great role and being the shepherd and et cetera, like it's, it's really fun. And I do like being like the hero. I just, it's so fun to play a bad guy and like people always say oh Melissa you play bad guys really well and I don't have to take that as a compliment or an insult but for this one I'm like thank you (laughs) (laughs) you mentioned twice that you like playing a bad guy so like what draws you to um these bad guy roles or these bad character roles and would you describe Nastia as a bad guy or just like a misguided character First part of the question, I think it's just, it's a role that's really difficult. It's so much easier to play a hero. Everyone wants to play the hero, you know, like 
yes, that's me. I'm awesome. I saved the day and et cetera. And playing by guys so much more of a challenge. So feeling confident in the role that you're going to play is already hard to do when you didn't write the character yourself. And this is for me. Some people might be like, oh, you're not a good actor if you can't do it. No, it's just like, I prefer it. But playing a bad guy that you know enough about is so fun and so challenging because you need to like, because you know them so well, you want to make sure you do that character justice. And to me, it's really fun because it's a challenge. And I like challenges. If something's too easy, I'm not going to have fun doing it. Um, as for the second part, I think that both. I think that she is misguided, but she definitely does not have any good intentions because the way that she became a wolf, she's crazy. She's some crazy bitch. Like, we're going to be honest here, you know, no, no spoilers or anything, but like sacrificing those people, sacrificing <laughs> your sister, you psycho ass bitch. I would never do that. Even if it were to become a wolf, I would never do that. There's always another way. And yes, she's misguided because she just like, she sees the world in a certain way in her head as all villains do. Like that's literally the epitome of a villain, but she's also fucking crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, and the way that I wrote Nastia, I just wanted her to feel like a super tragic character. So I don't know she's one of the few that I actually wrote like a little backstory for. I, I think I sent it to you, but I don't know if you read it. Yes. You did? Yeah. Yeah. No, her backstory is like messed up. We can get into that later on. Um, uh, maybe season two. I don't know, guys. She just wanted her to feel like a character that ran out of logical choices and literally just turned to the one thing that she thought could help. Or that she was told would help. Yeah. 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 She's really impulsive too. Like, oh, I'm going to go this way. And it's like, yo, like think things through once in a while, man. Yeah. Nah. Yeah. Um, So, (laughs) yeah. um, Not only are you our very amazing Nastia on this, you are also a producer on this. Yeah. What, What led you to sign on as a producer for this podcast so my boyfriend and I started a production company a couple months ago and we our goal is to help as many projects as possible take off no matter how we can um it's a lot harder for a podcast and we realize this working through it but even if I can help you and Shannon like remove a little bit of pressure you know, like help with certain things, then I will. I remember having the first meeting and talking about it with my boyfriend and saying like, can we take this on? Cause it's such an, such an awesome project. And him and I both absolutely love fantasy and like created worlds and stuff. So as soon as he saw the Bible for this, he was like, yeah, let's do this. And I had already lived through it with you so many ups and downs that we had seen that I was like, I'm going to see what I can do. And we're going to get this off the fucking ground. And you know what? Even if what we do is only a few steps, as long as we were able to help, I will feel good about that. And we all have our separate strengths. Yanis, my boyfriend is really good at networking. I'm good with social media, with posts you guys are the writers and like we have a schedule like I think we'll we'll work really well as a team so 
to sign on for it, to me, honestly, I was like, I want to be a part of this. And I wanted to make sure that it got all of the audience and all of the publicity that it needs, that it deserves. Much love. Um, back to Nastia. Um, and speaking of your process and how she is fucking crazy. She really is. Um, so what is your process to bringing some sort of humility and like, I don't know, some form of likability to this character? I mean, you play a villain, they don't have to be likable. No character has to be likable, but like, there's gotta be, there's gotta be something that you, like you can relate to in this crazy bitch. <laughs> Honestly, like how I prepare for it, the main thing for me is I need to change my voice. I already have a pretty deep voice because of my French, but I need to to change my voice for it to feel like I'm playing a character. Because if not, I won't be able to deliver those really dark lines and like be into that mentality. So I kind of channel Rosa from Brooklyn Nine-Nine because her voice goes down like six levels. From real life, she's like, hi guys. And then in Rosa, she's like, Ooh. and I was like, whoa, that's just crazy. Like, have you ever heard Stephanie Beatrice talk? Yes. Dude, it's insanity. And she's so good at it. So I was like, okay, okay, Rosa, 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 or Stephanie Beatrice, really. And so I do that. And to, to give her a little bit of humility, I just, I tell myself, every villain has some form of truth in what they want. It's just the way that they're getting to it is incorrect. And they don't care about the people they hurt in the process, which is really her story. What she wants is to eliminate weakness. However, she has to realize weakness and humans go hand in hand. Like there's, everyone has a weakness, you know? So I try to channel the little bit of humility in the sense that you, you see that it's there. Like when she's reminiscing about her sister, even for like half a second, I try to put myself in her shoes and then think in my head, after so many years of being alive, you have to develop some kind of tough skin because there's people that die all around you, right? So I try to do that. I try to tell myself like how it is. I know I wouldn't be that fucking batshit crazy at her age, but it like it helps to, to imagine myself at that time and just trying to go for the same result. Like I try to put myself in her shoes as Melissa. And then sometimes it's like, it's not going to work. And sometimes some stuff that she says or some stuff that she does, I don't agree with it, but I see how she got to that conclusion because of how she is. All right. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does. What is the thing that you mostly relate to in your character? Um, yeah, I know I, with Nastia, it's diff difficult. And like, I had to go to some dark ass places to write Nastia. Um, but like, what kind of things can you relate to in Nastia? Honestly, she's 100% determined. Like I will give her that she will do what she needs to do to get to her end results. And I am that person. And you've known me long enough to know that when I have an idea in my head, I get that shit done. No matter what I have to do, I get that done. So I will give her that she's fucking nuts but she is so determined. Her determination is like so high and she will do what she needs to do. I won't go to those ex like extremes. I won't kill someone to like get a job I want or just letting you guys know, but her determination to do whatever it takes, 
I can definitely relate to that because I'm that way as well. When you have an idea, you know, it's the path. Totally flipping the script and like going on a completely different note. Um, if you were a student at Talbot University, because I've asked everybody the same question, what would be your major? So, like for sure, like, okay, as Nastia or as Melissa? Let's go Nastia first, because that would be interesting. If Nastia was to attend Talbot University, uh, what would be her major? I don't remember all of the majors, 100% honest here, but something with like the dark arts for sure, like 100%. <laughs> and because she already knows what there needs to know, like what she needs to know about wolves and stuff because she's so fucking old. And she like knows all that important stuff, but 100% like dark magic. And yeah, like, oof, yeah, 100%. Um, as Melissa, I would definitely take, man, I don't even know, like, what, what Kenny's studying is super interesting. Um, I want some, like, fucking badass, like, gym classes, like, kick people's ass. <laughs> I love, like, boxing and that kind of stuff, so I'd want that for sure. And probably something in, like, I'm pretty sure there's something like a potions that you put as a, as a major, like, some kind of yeah. potion, potion making. Yeah, that for sure as well, because... I've always been told that I was a witch in real life, so. Everybody picks something supernatural. This school also has, like, Kenny is studying English. She's an English major. Oh, fuck that. (laughs) I don't even know. I speak English. I don't even learn no English. Yeah, so she's, like, she's an English major, like, or she's a literature major. Um, Like, everyone else is like, yeah, I'll do potions or something occulty. I'm like, I'm probably be there with, like, Kenny in the mythology class trying to take like <laughs> notes and shit um uh would you be a delta or a wolf you melissa delta or wolf wolf nice what kind of wolf um <laughs> not the crazy bitch kind I, I think that i would be one of the ones that was born with it or turned by a good wolf. I can't think of the name right now. Can you please tell me? Uh, Shifter. Yes. Thank you. Um, as Melissa, 100%. I feel that like my mom's always said that we've had like witch ancestry and like witchcraft in our family and we have witch blood. And I think everyone has some kind of like premonition that they're able to with like their intuition and stuff like that. Mine is pretty strong. So I know that I would be born with probably the, the gene nice who knows maybe I have it (laughs) (laughs) I hate to inform you that we are outnumbered on this werewolf podcast um more than half the crew wants to be a werewolf hunter (laughs) I'm like okay I will take them all down (laughs) and you know I will (laughs) a bitch been watching Jackie Chan since I was a child I got this (laughs) (laughs) um but hey, we, at least we like Kitsune, you and myself, all three of us picked wolves. To be fair though, to be fair though, um, Kitsune already plays a wolf. You play a wolf, and I love writing the wolves. So <laughs> Shannon is the Delta. Shannon loves the Deltas. <laughs> Traitor. <laughs> 
so betrayed so betrayed right now um what are your plans for how season two well since y'all already know i got such a nice voice um my regular voice not my cold voice i will be the host i believe it we had spoken about it in our production meetings either like host or um uh narrator or like whatever as long as I can still be a part of it because I would love to be a part of it and you know what guys I suggested this and I think that you should uh put all your comments and tell us what you think but I think there should be a ghost episode and I come back either as a wolf ghost or like a flashback episode because Nastia needs to make a comeback and also a musical episode would be really fun but Cheyenne already said no that's a hard that's a hard no (laughs) Um, that is a hard no from the creator. Um, that no. Um, musical episode, hard no. Nastia episode, like, I don't really like flashbacks. Um, Give me something here. Throw me a bone. Mm, is that a pun? <laughs> okay, wait, I'll ask you a question. Okay. And you can be biased, and I won't take this offensively. But out of all of the characters that you've written in Howl, which one is your favorite one? And which one do you think has gone through the most amount of growth? I'm going to answer that second question first. Uh, The one that went through the most growth. um, It's really tough. Uh, I think the one I think for growth, I think I'm going to have to say Houston. Houston went through a, like Houston went through a major change um, uh, from, from the beginning of the season to the end of the season. When I came in, even like batch two, she was a fucking bitch. Yeah. Now she's just like, she's sassy. She's a lot more lovable. Yeah. Uh, oh, you mean that kind of change? She grows as a character and she like, realizes, okay, I might not always be right. The one that has changed the most since like, I guess, iteration one would, would probably be Kenny. Um, uh, it would definitely be Kenny uh, because in the, the first batch, it, Kenny was just a whiny little, just everything was happening to her. And, it was, nah, nah, nah. and I was like, no. This is a lot of, like, fa- I, I, hi, dog, uh, fan service and shit. And, and now she's really um, coming to her own and is her own character and really repels the story. She is the lead. And so um, she actually makes decisions. Oh, thank God. Uh, she actually makes decisions and um, furthers the story. And her arc is not as um huge as uh Houston's might be or um even yeah. Cordy's um another character that I really enjoy writing um is Rose Rose is off on their uh, with this version Rose is off on their own little planet like completely separate from everything but I I like figuring out how to tie in what Rose is going through to what everyone else is going through. Especially as a um, podcast, it's very difficult. Yeah, especially with the podcast, like you can't see shit. And I'm a very visual person. Yeah. So it's like, I, I had to trim out 
pages of description and like moments where it's like, all right, so we're going to pause on this moment and it's going to be a look between these two. And now I have to describe it with words. Also hard to do. It was just like, how do I describe this shit? And I come from prose, so it's not as bad. Um, I mean, I'm, it's weird falling back into it because screenwriting, it's like, all right, like, all right, this person is doing the thing, like this person picks up a book. That is the action line. It's up to the DP, the director and the actor to figure out the significance of that book. Put it in, it's kind of important. Yeah, they're, they're, they're reading a book, but every other detail about that book, I have to express via dialogue or like character notes or backstory and shit is what I was used to. Right. Or I trained myself to get used to, but now putting it all back in um, for the narrator, because that's how the narrator came to be. Yeah. Okay. Um, it, the narrator is basically saying all of our action lines is dialogue. Now, it took a lot to get used to um, at the beginning of the podcast and rewriting it and reworking it um, from web series format to like just straight up audio and sound effects um but I think we got the hang of it by the season finale (laughs) honestly the way that you were writing it that both of you were writing it I was like I don't even know how they're doing this like holy shit like I I don't I personally don't think I would have been able to do like a script to that I probably would have started over like good fucking kudos to both of y'all because (laughs) you nailed it and like it's also very easy to read and for rehearsal so easy like okay line 67 oh line 67 not like page three halfway down the page there's second line and it's like shut up line 67 in my head I'm like yo script should all have this like that's awesome but yeah no definitely definitely well done okay so then which character is your favorite ultimately just your favorite that you created one that I created so it can't be Eve and it can't be Caroline because those are both Shannons. <laughs> yeah, those are her two original characters. And I was like, who the fuck are these people? I love them. <laughs> yeah, um, Shannon are a great duo for writing. Yeah, no, we got hella lucky randomly meeting in that bar that one time. <laughs> um, bonding over fandom shit. Um my my favorite character to write it's a toss-up between kenny and cordy because cordy gets to be this like cordy gets to be this unashamed unabashed like flirty i'm the hottest shit you will ever see on the planet type of character um with like a dark secret and all that shit so she's really guarded so so she flirts as like a defense mechanism which, like which I'd assume is what hot people do I I don't do that I'm awkward um, um, and then Kenny I get to play with that awkwardness and be like how do I handle that on a daily basis um and like still remain semi-functional um and she doesn't like no Kenny's just a very very determined awkward character who's not ashamed but like, they're also not exactly comfortable in all the power that, that they hold. Right. Um, yeah, and that character, that character does tend, like, that character goes through some stuff. 
Um, and by the end of it, they're less awkward, but it's like, yeah, yeah uh, at the, at the end of the season, they're, they're less awkward and they like taking on a, like in the season finale, guys, you're going to see it, a, a transformation of Kenny. Um, like, yeah, the character is much more confident and I don't know if it's from the help of Cordy, but fuck yeah. Or, or just being a part of a group like she is a delta so it's true yeah and i mean a lot has happened between becoming a delta and like whatever um but yeah no she's gotten a lot more confident and um like there's still some awkward moments that she has but she's still to be true to the character she's got to be awkward yeah oh my god but yeah no she's i think kenny Kenny is one of my favorites. She, I can give her some very funny lines. And then the way that Sydney delivers them, <laughs> like, look at load. <laughs> that was so good. We oh my gosh. It is ridiculous. Um, Perfect yeah. awkward character. Like, she, I don't know if that's good or bad. I say this with love, Sid, but like, she plays an awkward character so well. I think we casted everybody pretty spot on. Like, when I'm writing now, season two is going to be so much easier because I can hear how you guys are going to say everything. When I write a line, I'm like, Sydney's going to say it like this. And then when we go through rehearsal, Sydney says it exactly like that. And now that I've gotten to know Kitsune some more, I was like, Kitsune's going to say it like this. Yeah. is going to say it like that. Like, I have it in my head how everyone's going to speak. And I'm like, this is going to be fun. Like, Amani, like, Amani hit it off with Caroline like that. And I was like, this is, Yeah. And then the way that, yeah, like oh, Onella, yeah. the way Onella handles Eve is just, is just incredible. Like she's got this, she's got such a soft voice. And then she can turn around and be like, Caroline, stop. She can say so much with just a few lines that I give her. It's awesome. I, I love it. Cause that means that you're really bringing the character to life. And yeah, yeah no, uh, definitely did a good job. Yeah, we, we got hella lucky with the casting. Um, it's been amazing. Um, and I am very excited about season two. Don't know how we're going to do season two, but yeah, really <laughs> excited about it. Um, also got really lucky with this crew, um, considering it's a crew of like, what, five people? <laughs> it's you and Giannis. Uh, Shannon, myself, and Spade. And yeah. Like Spade yeah. is just so enthusiastic about all of the sounds. And like well, they're so good as well. Like they are so good. Yeah, so it's good. it's amazing. We got this project is really incredible in that we've gotten just all of these amazingly talented people to come and dedicate um time uh for not that much money <laughs> to uh to this project and it, it, it's weird to me it blows my mind because like you guys are coming for basically me um it's like hey i guys you want to do this weird thing i did and you guys are like yeah absolutely and i'm like oh was not expecting a yes but okay yeah. i thought i'd have to work a little harder for that all right cool <laughs> yeah, well you know what art recognize art game recognize game when people have good stuff that they got to share and I'm a huge fantasy person like we said 
when we get into the world and I've been a part of it for so long that like it's it's awesome to be a part of like behind the scenes what's your favorite episode so far either to listen to in rehearsal or to actually act in what's your favorite episode so far okay so I know I just did it so it's fresher in my mind but episode 11 was really like I love episode 11 because no spoilers but the way that Nastia is with a certain character whose life is in danger. And I just pictured myself saying it. I remember going through rehearsal and you were like, you have to be so sickly sweet that they're like, who the fuck is this person? This can't be Nastia, but it's so sarcastic. And I am fluent in sarcasm. So I had so much fun with that. And I had to re-record it. Remember, because I had a problem with my mic. And the freaking sound thing wouldn't work. And I was pissed. And then the next morning I did it and I was like actually happy because I was like, I get to do it again. <laughs> and, and I was just like, I, I had fun with it. And usually I'd be like, shit, shit, shit. I got to get it in on time, you know? And I hate being late and I hate giving stuff late, but it, it was actually really nice to get to do it again. And then remember how I did it the night before and say, okay, I'm going to change it like this and I'm going to give more options. And so, yeah, episode 11 was really fun. Um, I think it was really fun for everybody because yes, it's near the end of the season, but everyone's even more comfortable and we haven't done full cast rehearsals that much because the full, full cast isn't there very often. So it was really fun to have everybody to see everyone. And I had not done an episode with who I had done an episode with in like the second bunch, everyone. So being in there with Catherine who plays Sonia and who plays Sonia so well, I was like, holy shit, okay, Catherine, okay. Uh, and like playing it with everyone, Houston, Kenny, I had missed like Kenny's little quirks. It was, it was great. It was a really fun episode. Do you have a favorite line that Nastia says? You can actually just say the line and people will get it when they get it. I mean, of course I love who's afraid of the big bad wolf, but like that one's such a good one. Um, Man, I don't know. I love, like, she has so many good one-liners. But I also love, why is your niece trying to kill you? Like, <laughs> like can you please tell me what the fuck you did? Like, <laughs> flesh and blood is trying to kill you by a horrible death from an old-ass werewolf. That's a good one. I had fun with that one. And the way you deliver it is just, like, top shelf. Thank you. Um, I also love Lock and Load from Kenny. That's how, that's my favorite one. Like, Lock and Loaded. Speaking of, this is our first time recording, and so probably the format would have been if we knew what the fuck we were doing, but um, seeing as we didn't and we had to do this in COVID, can you speak to the recording process um, as an actor on, on the actor side of it? Because like, uh, I know we had rehearsals on Sunday. Literally only the people who needed to be in the episode were allowed in rehearsal, and it was a Zoom recording um where we just read through the script and we gave like line by line direction yeah um and then we gave you guys until Tuesday to turn in your lines because you recorded them on your own mm -hmm. like what was that like on the actor side um what was that process like yeah um great question so I remember asking you for advice for a mic because you had um gone through that before and etc and I didn't have a mic so I got a really nice mic uh super cheap it, it worked really great got all the systems, all the software. So already 
as someone that you were like, use this, do that. This is how you do it. I was like, fucking yes. Awesome. Cool. So you know, like a headache with that shit. Um, and then recording, I, I did my recordings probably the next day. I kind of like repeated them in my head and I'm, I didn't have huge speeches until <laughs> episode 11, thankfully. So I didn't have, like, I could go through it more and more in my head and I'd like practice it say, oh no, I want to try like that. I want to try like that. So for example, like one of the lines, like, like, let's say like, who's afraid of the big bad wolf. I would offer it multiple ways so that you and Spade can work and decide which ones you rather and Shannon as well. You guys can, all three of you can decide which one you like better for that because you should be able to deliver it multiple, multiple ways. And we're not doing it in front of a camera. So it's not like you're having every single person there do the take again. This is really what you're submitting. And this is your line. This is your character. This is what they're going to select. So you have more opportunity, but you also have like less choice because you got to give that what you give is what they take, you know, and they're not going to, you're not going to cut the line out because if not, it wouldn't make sense. Like everything is detailed. So I would record it the next day because it was still fresh in my mind. I would lock myself in my living room because it's literally the only place in my apartment that I can close the door and my dog can't come in. And even my bedroom like door doesn't fully close uh, because of the stupid like lock thing. So it's the only place. And then sometimes you can still hear like, like her trying to come in because she wants to be a part of it. And I'm like, girl, you're not the wolf here. I am, but whatever. And so I would just do that, lock myself in. And then I try to listen to them. People cringe when they watch themselves and listen to themselves. And I'm one of those people. So I'm like, oh God. But then getting your feedback, being like, perfect, loved it. Or like, no, you need to redo this one or whatever. And plus feedback from rehearsal. I knew that it was good. And I, at the end of the day, you can't be a perfectionist. If you keep listening to it over and over again, you're going to want to keep recording it just like writing. And you know that at the end of the day, submit your shit. You might not think it's good enough for you, but someone else is going to fucking love it. Yeah, no, um, I used to be one of the types of people who did not like hearing their own voice. Then I decided to do a podcast and I got over that really quickly. Um, uh, so my parents aren't professional actors. So I, be, I like, and I casted them in this because I didn't want to pay anybody. Uh, but the, also like, they both have really good voices, but your dad has like a perfect dad voice. I um, basically walked them through audacity and recording. So I'm like, we're going to record in three, two, one. They would say their lines like, awesome, moving on, new track, uh, label it. And it's like, it was a long ass process, but it worked. And like, we got two mics recording it. And that's an idea I stole from like Critical Role and how they did their animated series. Mm. um the recording process um was ever evolving as we went through these episodes because again we, we had no point of reference we were just like never done a podcast before let's start with the scripted one because why not why not but you know what we're uh still looking for sponsors <laughs> for some mics some headphones some software so anyone out there that would like to point us in the right direction anything you think that we could use any type of sponsorship you can offer anything you want to do collabs hit me up hit and Diana, shannon up whoever with that i'm going to end this beautiful interview 
um, <laughs> because all of our information will be in the description below. But um, Melissa, where can we find you on your socials? Do you want people to find you on your socials? Absolutely. So it's just Miss Melissa Cote. So uh, it'll be down there in the, like you said, uh, in the description. And that's my social. Our production company's name is My Productions. Uh, it sounds really cheesy, but M for Melissa, Y for Yanis. And we also want you to feel like it's still your production. A lot of production companies take like the entire thing and just change it. And we're like, no, we don't want to do that. We're here for the art. So that's why we, it's like a double whammy kind of thing. So we can find that. Come follow me, share your stories, message me to here. I'm available. We're like, you know, we'll, we're going to change the world. Isn't it? Thank you again, Melissa, for taking time out of your schedule to sit and talk, talk with us. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And thanks to everyone who's listening. I hope that you've enjoyed season one. Continue watching. No spoilers. Um, hopefully this didn't spoil anything. Thank you all so much for your support. And thank you in advance because I know this is going to be an amazing hint. And I can't wait to talk with people and talk more about Nastya. Yeah, she said it. Um, she said, thanks everyone for listening. Tune in next week um, when I, yeah, that's a me episode. I'm directing it, but Shannon wrote it. Um, I'm done for today. Uh, you guys have a great night and we can't wait to hear you howl. Woo!